All right. Welcome to the Arium podcast. This podcast covers topics related to cyber and human resilience. It's geared towards owners and CEOs of small to medium-sized companies, as well as IT and cybersecurity leaders. My name is Bill Bowman, and I'm the Director of Marketing here at Arium. Our guest today is Jim Aldridge. Jim is a practical risk management professional and the Vice President for Partnerships at MOX5. He's been in cybersecurity for over 20 years, and that includes six years at Mandiant as a Director Incident Response. MOX5 is a specialized technical advisory firm founded to bring clarity to the complexity of cyber attacks. So Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent, Bill. Happy to be here. Great, great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the co-host today is, again, Art O'Kane. Art is the field CISO and CIO at Arium. How are you doing this morning? Um, Reporting a little earlier than normal for you, I think, so you definitely... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've I've had a, a busy night, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm caffeinating as we go. I think the hamsters are starting to work in unison, and uh, it, you know the brain cells are starting to actually you know align. So we might be able to speak this morning. They're starting to click, starting to the, the fire the pistons. So yeah. that's great, great, great to have you again, Art, as well. So our topic for today will be your flight plan for ransomware recovery. Now, Jim is not only a cyber risk professional, but he's also a private pilot. And we, we noticed that he shared some comparisons between cyber disaster preparation and recovery and, and aviation preparedness on his social media account. So we wanted to invite him on to discuss those topics today. And before we dive into the, the topic of uh, your flight plan for ransomware recovery, we'd like to get to know our guests a little bit better with, uh, with the same question we ask each one that comes on. And that is, how do you start your day? It's early right now for, for us, but <laughs> how, how do you start your day usually to, to make the most of it and get, get, the, get the brain cells going, Jim? Uh, so, Bill, I started off with a very strong cup of coffee. So I like the, the press for that high viscosity uh, brew. Um, just get centered for the day. Uh, try and, and, and not do the devices right immediately when I get up. If I, if I can manage it, get centered uh, and then check for anything urgent, head into the office and get started on the day. I, I, how do you do that? I, I always check my device first thing. What do, what do you do? You got to do something else. Maybe brush your teeth and stuff, I guess. that's uh, <laughs> A quick a quick, quick check, but try not to get enmeshed in it until I've had that first cup of coffee. Yeah, take some deep breaths and some, <laughs> some stuff like that before before going. So, Jim, you've been you've been in cybersecurity for, for decades. Uh, what what made you want to get into cybersecurity and and you know IT and cyber risk management? Uh, you know, in your in your career. So think, thinking back on it, uh, in my childhood, I always had a computer around the house ever since I could remember. Even back to the TRS-80 with the cassette tape drive uh, loading up uh, programs. Uh, then the Commodore 64 uh, finally got a PC with. I remember the the 20 megabyte hard drive that was like the size of a shoebox. Um, started to get into uh, bullet board systems back in the back in the day uh, with 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 dial up uh, for those that remember. I <laughs> uh, just really got into that. Taught myself some uh, some programming languages, um, middle school, high school, and uh, one of my first experiences with security was my um, my uh, computer science teacher in high school had just installed a Novell Netware lab, um, and so. so uh, World Wide Web had just 
was just becoming widely available at that time. And I remember punching into Lyco search engine hacking Novell <laughs> and just my eyes open to the to the to the ecosystem, to the uh, to the ways that things could be subverted. And uh, so that really got me started in security. Nice. Yeah, I remember the, the Lycos, you had the Alta Vista, you had the Ask G's, whatever happened to them, but maybe, maybe they'll make a comeback one of these days, maybe. So that's cybersecurity, that's, that's been your career. Then aviation, is that kind of started as a hobby? What made you, you know, get into aviation, get into flying, and, and where did that um, drive and that motivation come from? So similar to similar to how I got into security, I've just always been interested in planes back as far as I could remember. Um, had a flight simulator back on that Commodore 64. Uh, it was a 747 simulator. I never did figure out how to fly it. It's ASCII art, and it's always basically ended with me trying to curse her up and then just crashed. You know, it says telling me I had crashed. Um, had Microsoft Flight Simulator back in the day. Uh, my dad took me to air shows. Uh, of course, like uh, like so many folks, and I guess it was the late late 80s, influenced by Top Gun, kind of wanted to. <laughs> that looks so exciting. Uh, and then really got into it uh, in earnest around 10 years ago. I uh, was having lunch with a client who had just gotten his pilot's license. He kept talking about lunch and um, started looking into it uh, to, to find a flight school to, to get started on it. And uh, just took it from there, got into the training and then uh, and then uh, continued with it uh, past when I got my uh, got my certificate. Awesome. What flight school did you go to? Are you, you're, you're in Virginia area or? Uh, I'm in New York, New York City now. New York I, I was in was in Northern Virginia. Um, did my training at a, a shop called Aviation Adventures out in Leesburg. Um, would highly recommend them. It's great, great school. Nice. So, IT, aviation, seemingly two different fields, and they are two <laughs> different industries. But what you know, what are the similarities that you found between flying and aviation, and your 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 work every day in the the IT and, and risk industry? So think about that question. There's really kind of three key dimensions that I where I see a lot of commonalities, and those are uh, complexity um, inherent in aviation, as well as the IT systems that we operate and factoring into uh, uh, attacks and ransomware recovery. Um, second are the unknown factors in in both of those systems, um, and third is the the need for uh, for risk management. So not never taking away or eliminating a risk, but just being cognizant of it um, and mitigating it to a level that's acceptable. Uh, so I think that's what it's all about, both both in aviation uh, as well as in IT. Yeah, so I guess in order in order to fly a plane to get from one place to another, there's always going to be a little bit of, there's always going to be a level of risk in order to try new technology or make the most of, of you know, modern modern technology, there's always gonna be a little risk. So it's like, like you said, it's the management of it, not the elimination of it that is important. Yeah, it's like understanding the risk is is the key part there. Um, I, th I think that when I think about aviation, I think of the amount of systems involved, uh, the amount of, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned it with complexity, but, um, you know, just that there's a whole system of, of things that have to work together in unison. And in cybersecurity, although you know human life may not be at stake as often, but uh, you know you are also looking at it with a systems view, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's great to bring those correlations. I think it's also kind of building on that. It's another similarity, and and sometimes folks get tired of hearing this because it's a mantra across cybersecurity that you know I've been hearing since the beginning of my career, which is the people, process, technology. It's really the same thing, and uh, when you look at aviation too, and you have 
you know, in any, in any flight you have uh, people factors. So you have the, you know, your own factors as a pilot. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you under undue stress? Uh, did you eat a good breakfast? Um, where in, you know, in, in IT as well, uh, understanding how do teams work together? If there is, if there is an incident, uh, is there an understanding of what the procedures are and who is going to do what? Um, so a lot of similarities. Yeah. The, the teamwork part of it. And in, in talking about that, that teamwork and that collaboration. So Ariam and Mox5, we, we were partners on, on different, uh, engagements for incident response. Uh, before we dive into the flight plan for ransomware recovery, can you, Art and, and Jim, also, of course, can you talk a little bit about how collaboration comes into play for incident response engagements when, you know, the times are stressful and, and uh, what, what, what steps are taken to help out the company impacted or organization impacted? Well, there's definitely a process involved, but I'd say the, the best thing about having a partnership like we have is, is that we can trust each other with that process and and that you know we've worked together for so long that we can move in unison and kind of work together as as a unit in order to solve the client's problem when they're having the worst day or week of their life um you know that ability as partners i think is kind of a unique thing that mox brings to the table when it comes to incident response is is the, the fact that that partner ecosystem they've created uh, is it can act so unified and can solve problems so directly and uh, without causing a lot of the disconnection that you feel a lot of times when you're working with different companies. Um, so that that is is really the I think the the super value add that I see from the partner side that Mox is bringing to the table there and that helps people recover. But I know Jim can run through kind of what the process looks like yeah totally totally agree art with where you're uh you know where you where you took that one of the most important things is that the level of trust and the repetition that, that we've built up from a from a process perspective thinking back towards towards the overall theme um our process is we first want to understand the client's problem predict where they need to be so kind of on that flight plan having been there before in the area team having been through many of these to guide them uh, what's up around the next curve? Uh, what can they expect? You know, for example, they may not, maybe on an initial phone call with them, they may not be thinking forwards to um, storage requirements. So for example, that they may need additional storage uh, if they're going to be going into decryption procedures, if it's a ransomware uh, type of incident um, to kind of give them that heads up. We, we've been here before. Here's something that you might want to be thinking about. Uh, another thing that, that comes to mind in terms of collaboration is the, the touch points and connectivity, but not only with the, the client, but just between between our teams. So we're really functioning as, as one team, which is a great thing about about working um, art with you, you know you and your team. Getting and staying organized, having that that asset tracker to be able to take a look at um, what are the client's most pressing systems that need to be recovered, and then being able to track those um, and leveraging the Mox Five platform increasingly to, to to show that view, so that the client can visualize environment coming back to life and they can uh, can see that really uh, tangibly. So having that repeatable framework for execution has been really helpful for uh, for us together, I think, over the years. Yeah. And, and to just mention, Jim mentioned that Mox5 platform. Uh, those of you who haven't experienced an incident, um, that platform is a, you know, make or break, you know, it, it's just adding so much visibility to the incident. 
and helps us manage that incident so much better than we ever have before. So uh, those of you who have been through incidents, you understand that there's a level of chaos. Uh, there's a level of, you know, it's, it's hard to keep everything organized. And that MOX5 platform really helps us do that. Uh, so that's that's one of the definite key values that, that MOX5 is bringing also with these incidents is uh, keeping that flight plan together in a way that everybody can see it and collaborate in one platform together. Yeah, and just, we, we got analogies coming everywhere. Another analogy, you know, uh, uh, aviation, you have a logbook, you have uh, the tracking, you have the records, and that helps know where you, where you stand in terms of, you know, the maintenance requirements for a plane and know what, what to predict next. So having that similar, you know, in the analogy sense, similar tracking and status and stuff lets everyone on an incident know where they stand and, and be able to track the progress and everything like that so definitely a lot of uh, parallels and if it's really important i want to think to that point if it's something that is is critical so like checking engine engine functions before takeoff that's really important to do while you're on the ground the an analogy back over on the it recovery side would be um your most critical systems as a business, are you tracking those? And do, do you have those on uh, formally on the radar? Uh, and, you know, in a way that all the different teams that are working on that response can action and, and move towards that goal. Nice. So diving into it, the central theme, the flight plan for, we can say ransomware prevention and ransomware recovery. So Jim, do you have a couple, couple tips, a couple points for, for our listeners about what they can do to lessen the impact of ransomware, prevent ransomware in the first place? Sure, so I, I think about it in terms of the prevention, let's try not to get there, uh, let's avoid the scenario, minimize that risk that we know is out there. Uh, then the response, so if something uh, goes bump, how can you spring into action very quickly and, and uh, maximize chances for a good outcome, minimize disruption to the business, uh, and then resilience ties into prevention, but what can you do coming out of an incident? And so on the prevention side, when I think about um, analogies to an aviation, let's make sure the engine is functioning. Let's make sure that the wings are bolted on securely. Um, the absolute must-haves that that you uh, that you should be should be doing out there, um, things like implementing, making sure that you have endpoint detection and response, modern endpoint detection response that has uh, both detection and blocking capabilities deployed everywhere, having multi-factor authentication so that that second plus factor of authentication to protect all of your internet facing systems and email, uh, backup resilience. So making sure that not only um, do you have backups and you're, you're, you're following a redundancy there, but that you've specifically uh, war gamed. If somebody was in my network maliciously, would they be able to get to my backups? Uh, as we see so often that a, ransom, a threat actor that's utilizing ransomware for extortion will, will do that. Those, those are just a few of those key prevention things. Yeah, and I guess not assuming it's done right, but testing it. Kind of what you what you said. You're going through the you're going through the plan, and you're seeing you're opening it up, opening up the books, opening up the the different things that are needed before it happens. So that's that's key. anything else on the prevention side, Art, that you can that comes to mind. The one thing that I'd say is that a, a lot of people have an IR plan now because they're required to for some compliance or for some. Uh, you know, insurance function, but they've never practiced it. And uh, running through a real tabletop exercise and actually dedicating, you know, a four hour block or a day long block with your teams and bringing in 
your IT teams and your MSSP and your, uh, you know, all, all your stakeholders that are involved in the organization, your IT team internally, your compliance officer, general counsel, et cetera, and run through it and really kind of identify where you're going to fall down. Uh, sometimes you'll write the plan and it'll look pretty or you'll grab some template online. And when you actually go to implement it, it, it's completely impossible to use. And it doesn't have the helpful things that you need in it. And you really haven't thought about a lot of the things that you're going to run into in an incident. And if you have all those stakeholders at the table and you're running through a tabletop, you may say something and then your MSSP may be like, no, that's not possible. Or your MSP may say, oh, we can't do that. And or the general counsel may say, you know, we shouldn't do it this way. Uh, so having everybody involved on a big tabletop is is something that is extremely valuable that most companies don't do. And I think as far as prevention, uh, stepping through it and methodically and actually running through the plan with a scenario is one of the use, most useful things. It's not going to completely replace the amount of panic and stress that you're going to feel when it actually happens, but it's going to, at least you've seen it. At least you've experienced it in a scenario uh, at least once. And, uh, you know, doing that periodically is makes things a little bit more uh, practiced so that when it does happen, at least like a fire drill, you know how to line up and, and stand by the teacher. Um, you know, having those those plans practiced is really important. Nice, nice. Good stuff. So for, for the flight plan, we got prevention and then the response. So preparing for when something happens and something after something does happen what what are your some recommendations jim and some tips on on that element so i think art hit one of the most important ones which is to uh, actually have that plan and test it out the communication and coordination components of that uh i see that's where really the rubber meets the road in that in that moment where like art said plan may look good on paper but say that you have multiple lines of business that have some some um, local control over their, their different IT environments and you, you have maybe scarce resources related to the recovery. Who is, who is going to, what's going to be the process to make decisions? Um, even though you may have a defined corporate hierarchy where it makes sense to many of the key stakeholders, how is that going to flow uh, down within the incident? Um, the communication paths and decision-making process. Uh, and then another kind of more, more tactical thing, thinking about what you have documented in terms of even down to work instructions um, and it could be mm -hmm. with a triage process that may be executed by your own team uh, you may have third-party service providers where i would encourage you to still uh you're you're working in partnership with them but to make sure that you have an understanding together and, and back to guard's point again go through that go through the exercise of how are we going to, if, if some an anomaly is identified how are we going to get the facts how are things going to be communicated um, to make sure that nothing is missed? Um, so a lot of organizations are increasingly partnering for that, that expertise, uh, those technical skills um, uh, from outside service providers and to be able to make sure that that you you have an understanding of who is going to be doing what and, and how what are the roles and responsibilities so that nothing is dropped uh, when the scenario uh, occurs. Yeah, and talking about the the collaboration and again the analogy if if you know maintenance on an airplane there's not this one person one one small group can't do everything you rely on specialists in different areas and you and you tr uh, trusted partners 
to accomplish the, the flight plan and the mission and and stuff like that and there's the communication like like we mentioned so definitely a lot of um parallels there so prevention the response and then talk, can you talk a little about the resilience part of it or you know the the full flight plan how do things come to a conclusion in order to make sure the risk of ransom or the risk of of cyber incident is lessened in the future for the impacted organizations so to start it off the way i look at it and it's building on some of those concepts that are outlined and, and that are built on in when we talked about prevention is making sure that the most important pieces are in place first um, oftentimes especially in in larger size the larger the, the size of the organization uh, the environments are more complex and they'll have more more tools more technologies but oftentimes still haven't addressed those basics so i think in my my experience it's very important to make sure that you really have those basics in place before you move on um, and focus in other areas. But as you build out your program, building onto other areas of um, both process and technology in terms of privilege reductions, thinking about the root causes of many types of incidents. Uh, it's uh, may sound cliche, but defense in depth. So looking at the, uh, the news uh, recently related to the, um, the attacks uh, by CLOP and having there's there will always be some zero day vulnerability out there um, there'll always be something that you don't know about you can't depend on perfect knowledge of that so running through the thought experiment of what what would happen if xyz application were to uh to be um uh, taken over or what if there was a, a zero day vulnerability we don't know about that is present in in some external facing product and then how can we make sure that that is just a relatively minor incident that can be contained rather than turning into uh, something bigger. So that redundance, defense and death, kind of like the redundancy, having backups in, in a different sense of the word backups, but having multiple tools to to potentially stop a threat actor. If you think about like an onion, you know, the the that's what defense and depth is usually compared to the layers of an onion. Uh, I, I think about defense in depth is you're actually planning for those fail, those layers to fail. Um, you know, you're, you're expecting the attacker or the threat actor, depending on what avenue they're coming through, to beat some kind of control you have. So you need to have layered controls in place to be able to stop that. But uh, I think from a resilience aspect, one of the things that that comes after an incident that really is is a growth point in resilience for companies is the adaptation that comes is that identifying what happened and how we can adapt to that kind of attack in the future and what we need to change in that post remediation activity that of the post incident remediation and those activities in order to improve where you are that adaptation that your company goes through uh you know you're going to get hacked that just happens it, most companies are experiencing kind of constant cyber pressure right now. And, you know, so the chances of a, an attack being successful is is pretty high. And, you know, so our key for resilience is being able to bounce back quickly by constantly adapting to attacks. You know, if you just recover to where you were after an attack, you're never improving and you're going to be in the same place for the next attacker. So you need to constantly be evolving and adapting your situation to be more resilient. And Art, I would, would build on that. If that, that's definitely true, I've seen that same thing uh, after you've experienced an attack, 
if you're in, find yourself in a fortunate situation, if you have not experienced one of these destructive attacks, I would encourage you to take advantage of the um, the blog post, the the knowledge that's out there on on what happens. Uh, you know, engage experts that have been through this before and walk you through those scenarios so you can get a good idea both from a, a process perspective as well as even uh, combining it in with uh, red team, purple team type exercises that can actually test your technical controls. Um, so that you can get an understanding of what you're up against uh, and test, even though you haven't been through it, to get a similar experience to to having gone through it. Nice, nice. Some great, great tips from the the flight plan for for ransomware uh, prevention and recovery. Any any final advice, Jim or or Art, on the the flight plan? Anything? Anything else to add to the plan before we uh, before we sign off? I would say uh, most important is to get started on it today is, is really my advice. If it's something that you, again, you've been fortunate that you, you haven't experienced personally or within your current organization, uh, take those small steps, uh, ask the questions, ask what would happen um, when you're going through your day to day. What if this system were to be compromised? What what if, you know, what if, what if, what if? Uh, it's kind of back to the, uh, the processes we go through when flying, you know. What am I going to do if the engine fails? What do I do if there's a thunderstorm that's not kind of where I thought it was? Um, and and that that's really the uh, only the paranoid survive kind of mentality yeah. that, <laughs> that will really help you in uh, in this yeah. industry. Yes, the paranoid only the paranoid survive is the perfect uh, analogy to it. And I think that uh, you know as companies are trying to think of what do we need to do as our next step coming out of listening to this, it's. Uh, you know, I'd I'd call Mox Five and ask for a tabletop scenario just to run through uh, something so that you understand where you are, and that uh, I, I think that is probably a good step to get you on the flight plan. Nice, great stuff. So, Jim, when's your next flight? Have you got any any flights coming up? Do you do it right, like weekly or monthly, or you try, try, your try to do, try to do it uh, monthly, monthly to every other month. Um, weather's been a bit challenging lately, so we'll see. Hopefully, Sunday. Oh, all right, all right. Look for, look for Jim flying above you in the new the Northeast area. So, nice. that's great stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, I want I want to thank Jim, Jim and Art again for for joining us on the episode. I uh, encourage any listeners who found some good tips on their flight plan for for ransomware recovery to subscribe to the podcast and whatever platform you're listening in. New episodes will typically come out every other Wednesday. For more information on Mox 5 and to find out how you can get set up with that tabletop exercise that we we do recommend, you can visit mox5.com. For more information on Arium, you can visit arium.com. So thanks. Have a great day. Thank you.